Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Dan and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Welcome back, NASCAR fans, to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, and she is Tam. Hey, Renee, what's up with you? How are you, Miss Tam? I'm great. I am doing most excellent. What a show do we have today. Oh, God, we have so much to talk about. I mean, NASCAR, (laughs) not being NASCAR. Well, I guess it'll always be NASCAR, but there may be some new owners. Dale Jr. had a baby, and yeah, we know it's kind of, I guess the baby came last week, him and Kyle Larson, but... That's news because we missed it. Yeah. We, we have a lot to talk about. But before we even go into the whole NASCAR is NASCAR and not NASCAR right. news. Pretty I don't much, know. yeah. And of course, we're going to break down Dover. How was your weekend? Weekend was fantastic. I was on stage all weekend. It was Cinco de Mayo. So I, you know I had to be on stage somewhere. Being the uh, token Mexican on the show. <laughs> you know, which personally, I don't mind. I don't mind that because I get a lot of work during that time of the year, to tell you the truth. And it's like everybody books me. It's like everybody wants me to be booked. I take what I get and, you know, I'm like, okay, well, who's going to throw me the, the most money? <laughs> so that's where I'm going. Well, I'm going to laugh a little bit louder about that because, first of all, every week, your week is fantastic. I'm sure the listeners, as well as myself, we want to know how you do it. How can we have a fantastic weekend? Everyone's like you do. <laughs> I'm sure some people just go, man, this guy must have a fantastic life. You're right. I do. The funny thing is, is that I just try to keep myself busy, Tam. I really am living the best moments of my life. And, and here's the secret, Tam, and to all the listeners out there. The secret is, is to grow up very, very early in your life. Like have children before or right out of high school and grow up overnight. Then you can do all the things that you want to do by the time you hit 40. And it's fantastic. Trust me. I don't. Because, see, (laughs) I'm going to have to debate that because I feel like I lived a full life in my 20s and Mm -hmm. my 30s. And my friends that are late 30s, early 40s are midlife crisis trying to find that old groove back. Right, right, right. I don't know. For me, I've been living, shoot, I have I know you got a great life, too. That's so weird. I mean, it's like. My life was fantastic, too, on Saturday. (laughs) Sadly, because. Renee was too busy being the token Mexican. That's right. He couldn't come to the token Mexican uh, boxing, boxing match. match. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She was saying like that, but it is the truth because every single Demaya, yeah, there is a huge boxing, and I don't know how many boxing fans we have out there. There was supposed to be this big triple G Canelo. and Canelo fight that didn't happen. If you recall, Renee actually went mm-hmm. to the press conference for it. So actually, Renee went to the press conference and I went to the actual fight, fight but right. it wasn't Canelo. It was it was uh, Barnes. I yeah. think. It was like some crazy Ooh, name. Man. Nobody even knew his name. And the guy grew up in California or he I don't I think he may have been born in Armenia, but mm-hmm. he was raised in California. You would have thought that there would have been some fans for yeah. him. Yeah. I think that was where he was raised. I don't know. It was just really crazy. But I want to give a shout out to Chivas Regal Mm -hmm. Whiskey. Right. Because I had a great time. Just really quick. My entire day was great. I got up, was at the gym at 6.30, worked out at the gym. I was feeling so good. It was actually already 75 degrees at 7.30 a.m. 
in Los Angeles on a Saturday. So I decided I'm going to go to the beach and continue to work out. Got to the beach, couldn't find a park because all the surfers were already oh. out. Waited a little bit of time, found a park, hit the beach, did about 20 sprints and was like, okay, I'm feeling good about myself. Went home, bathed, got myself Dress. It was also the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. That is correct. So wow. there's a tradition for me. I always go to my local track if I'm not in Kentucky. And I went to the local track by myself because I couldn't find anybody to go with me. Mm-hmm. And I had the best time ever drinking. I didn't drink beers. I drunk. Oh my God. I have so. What did you drink? I was drinking ices. <laughs> I had spiked dices. I had well, no, I almost spiked one, but I was like, dude, I have to drive across town to get to right. the, to the fight. I drank three ices back to back. In oh. my defense, for every one icy, the guys that I was hanging out with drunk at least three beers to my one Ooh, icy. I don't know boy. how they were able to drive home. Man, you without you out there with some drinkers. Yeah, lost all my money betting on a horse named Vino Rizzo. I should have <laughs> betted on Justify. <laughs> I'll make I, sure I don't I don't uh, bet on that horse. And then remember, I, t- I text you. I was like, there's a horse, my boy Jack. Jack yeah. Renee has I, a friend named Jack. Very good friend, Jack. And uh, I, I probably like, would have lost all my money on him because, you know, that's so funny that you said that now that I even thought about it because my friend Jack is got a gambling problem himself. Oh. And he is a huge <laughs> gambler. So I'm not sure if I would have betted my money on uh, Jack. So. <laughs> Well, I bet on my boy Jack. <laughs> I bet on Vino Riso because I thought it was a sign I had on a shirt that had thank you for the wine yep. just in time. What we so, should have done is bet on Harvick. That's what we should have done. Well, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get to some NASCAR. <laughs> but nonetheless, so I just want to go back to Shivas Regal for inviting me down to the fight and showing me a great time. I had put back a couple of shots of whiskey when I got mm-hmm. there because we actually did a whiskey taste. It was Delish. Yeah, they took I, care of me the last time I I, yeah. I covered the Triple G uh, and uh, Canelo press conference, and uh, I want to give a shout out to them as well because they uh, they really know how to take care of uh, people there. Yeah, they do yeah. very great activation. So hashtag fight for it, whatever it is, and maybe if I'm in the mood, I'll post a video of me with the boxing gloves and the belt oh, that's on. Right. Awesome. I, I laced them up. There you go. Let's get into Dover. As Renee put it out there, he should have been on Harvard. Harvick. Harvick. Yep. Well, you should bet on Harvick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know right. if you can afford to go to Harvard, but yeah. <laughs> okay, you should bet on Harvick, as yeah. in Kevin Harvick, number four. There was a tweet, Bush Beer. I saw that, too. You saw the tweet? So yep. apparently every time he's won this year, his four races, he's been in the Jimmy John's car. Right. Or is it Bush Beer car? Well, it... I think he's been in the Jimmy John's car. Right. However, when Jimmy John's tweeted... All right, Bush Beer tweeted, can you win in our car? I'm just summarizing it. Right. And then Jimmy John's, actually, so Jimmy John's offered them some sandwiches. So, sandwiches, And they're yeah. wrapped in the plaid because, you know, right. Harvick wore his plaid outfit at mm-hmm. Talladega. And his car was wrapped at plaid, yeah. in plaid. You guys can go see it. I guess, should we break down the top 10? Let's uh, so break down the top 10. So we about everything else. Yeah. So your top 10 at Dover, Harvick, number one, my man, Clint Boyer. Boyer. Almost, almost number almost. one. Almost, he, he had a good two. race. So number two, Boyer. Third place, Daniel Suarez. And we're going to talk about him a little bit later. Truex Jr. was fourth. Kurt Busch, fifth. Brad Kozlowski, sixth. Denny Hamlin, seventh. And that was a quiet race for Denny. Because, you know, yeah. usually Denny is a little pushy and aggressive. Mm-hmm. Especially at Dover. Yeah. 
Number eight as an eighth place was Ryan. I always do this every week. Ryan Blaney or Ryan Newman? It's Ryan Blaney. Because I always just write Ryan. That's right. <laughs> okay. Number nine, Jimmy Johnson, who was is. for some, and I wrote a whole article about it. I, I He wasn't my pick. But, you know, the guy is an 11-time winner, though, yeah. so you really expected him to do something, at least top five. But, I mean, you know, top ten is not bad. But but on Jimmy Johnson's yeah. standards, it's not the like greatest. Said, yeah, he's a victim of his own success. Yeah. Okay, and then Kyle Larson rounded out the top ten. Just two notables this week because there were many other drivers to talk about. Number 11 was Eric Amarola. I mentioned him as a notable because... He needs to get with the program. His teammates are doing well. Yeah. You had three Stuart Haas drivers in the top five. Mm-hmm. And then you had Eric. And 11 is not bad. But when you see your teammates going one, two, and five, yeah. you want to be the third, fourth, or the sixth someplace right. in the mix. And, and I think the crazy thing is, Tam, is too, is now for Eric Amarola's standards, that's not bad. He's been placing at that kind of a level the, the whole year, which is good for him. But because his, his, you're right, because his teammates are setting such a high standard, you want to see him get not just in the top 10, but you want to see Eric Amarola start getting into those top fives and maybe even win a race. Well, let's start with the top we'll 10 first, top five first, and then a the top and then, five, and then, and then you win. Ironically, remember there was the conversation with Keslowski had made a comment about the fours because the fours are the right. only cars that aren't new you know they're Mm -hmm. still driving the the fusion even though now we know the mustang will come out but the oldness is proven to be tried and true for this season so far because ford is pretty much dominating toyota and chevy chevy's haven't did much of anything this year not at all the last notable is kyle bush who came in 35th place he wasn't dead last but he had to leave the race because he had issues he had a drive train issue which mm-hmm. not even sure what that's about but, but okay whatever that he had to do he had to leave the race and you know what it's amazing as we look at that because there's only two drivers that are literally just the hottest drivers right now and it's Kyle Bush and Kevin Harvick and between those two you have to look at that and go these two are the favorites to win at the end of the year and who is it going to be uh who knows but it just seems like it's just going back between Kyle Bush and Kevin Harvick and it just seems like nobody else is on that level Well since you mentioned that I was actually going to talk about the standings Yeah go Well for first it. I want to go back and give a shot to Daniel Suarez who finished third as I yes, already absolutely. said because he tied his best race finish since mm-hmm. he's been in cup That's huge for the young guy very huge Going into standings and just kind of piggybacking off what you said, it has been the Harvick and Bush as in Kyle Bush show. Harvick has four wins this year. Kyle Bush has three wins. They're the only two drivers who have multiple wins. Joy Logano, Clint Boyer, and Truex Jr. And of course, I don't know why I always forget about Austin Dillon, who yeah. actually won the Daytona 500. They all have one race. So mm-hmm. we're 11 races in. And if you add that up, that should give you 11. Yeah. In terms of the standings, I find this to be interesting. Bush is in first place in the standings, even though he's only won three races. Harvick has won four. Mm-hmm. This is what I don't like about the stages and stuff like that. Right. Because logic dictates to me and to most people 
that if you won four races and your competitor only won has won three races, you should be higher than your competitor. Right. But because these stages, that's not necessarily the case. Just going a little further in to the standings, Bush is in first, Joey Logano is in second. How is Joey ahead of That is exactly Harvick? what I was waiting for you to say. It's like Logano barely just won a race. Now, I know he's won some stages as well, but you're right. It's because of the stages and not so much know, the win. I, it just... Yeah, I don't even know if he won some stages. I would have to double check. I know he... Yeah, I remember he did win some stages. Okay. But still, it's like, how, did, how does he leapfrog over these other guys? And I'm going... Four wins versus yes. one win and maybe you're like, dude. Four wins for Harvick versus Joy Logano, who has one win. Maybe a couple of stages. And, you know, he probably has placed well in yeah. each of the stages, which have accumulated points for him. But it doesn't make any sense. Clint Boyer is hanging on to fourth place in the standings. And he only has one race. Has won one race. Yeah. Then you have Brad Keselowski fifth. Kurt Busch sixth. Ryan Newman seventh. Denny Hamlin eighth. Martin Truex Jr. is ninth. But he also has won a race. Let me back up. Joy Logano, Brad, Kurt. Ryan, and wait, I said Ryan Newman. Was that Ryan Newman or Ryan Blaney? I think it was Ryan Blaney. Okay. Yeah. And me and the Ryans, Ryan as well as Denny Hamlin are all in front of Truex Jr. And none of them guys have won yeah. a race. I think even Austin Dillon, who, like you said earlier, you know, won the Daytona 500 at the very beginning of the year. He's he's way at the bottom. Yeah. Like he's, he's way. In, he's he's, he's in 19th even, place. Yeah. I mean, we know he'll be in the playoffs for the simple fact that he's won a race. So that makes that him crazy? eligible. That is so but, bizarre. Yeah. But I don't want to. This may sound wrong the way I'm going to say it. But it's almost like he's been exposed because you may have won that Daytona 500, but you're not doing anything else. That's right. what the standings tell me. For him to be in 19th place with one win. Yeah. At least everybody else who has a win is in the top 10. Right. And is in the top 10 on a consistent basis. Yeah. Well, I'm saying in top 10 in standings. Right. Exactly. And just to round out the 10th place person in standings is Kyle Larson. And just, just for the hell of it. Eric Amarola is in 11th, and Jimmy Johnson is in 12th. Mm -hmm. And I won't read anybody else because, yeah, you know, it well, is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could have read the top 16 based on who would be in if the playoffs started tomorrow, but I'm not even going to do that. So those are the standings, some very intriguing things, some notable things, and really makes you look at it for what it is with Austin being in 19th place and then... Somebody like a Truex being in ninth place with a win, yeah. but far below people who don't have wins. Right. So and you know what? I just want to say something as far as like what you said earlier about Jimmy Johnson being... There. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it's like, dude, it's like it's Jimmy Johnson and you know he's going to be there, but he's, you're right. He's a victim of his own success because it's almost like he set the bar for himself so high. I mean, we are talking about a seven-time winner here. So, of course, that bar is going to be way up there. But it's almost like even if he's just hovering around this top 10, 11, 12, uh, maybe 8, it's like, what does it matter to everybody else? You're like, you're not doing very well, which technically he kind of is. But he set the, the the bar so high that you're like, dude, like you need some top fives and you need to rattle off a couple of wins, like maybe in a row, like Kyle Busch and Harvick style. You know what I mean? Because he he's just, yeah, quick. because he's just there. Even his daughter has kind of <laughs> oh, somewhat turned <laughs> <That's right. laughs> So his daughter 
she was said this to was have a been a four-year-old. Right, so the four-year-old. She she loves herself some Chase Elliott. Let me tell you that. And she is a Chase Elliott fan, and she wants her daddy to let Chase Elliott win, win a race. Can you let Chase win? And it's so cute, and it sounds fantastic. But here's where you go. Jimmy Johnson, as a father, looks at her, and I'm sure he, he laughs, and he thinks it's as cute as can be. But, you know, he's like, Daddy's trying to win a race, too. And he does. He needs to win a race. Yeah, I feel like it would be one thing if it was Danica and they wanted Danica. Because, you right, know, she's right, a right. woman. We know Danica's not racist. But he said, Chase. <laughs> now, <laughs> we know Keelan, as in Kevin Harvick's son, right? Keelan, who, by the way, which was the funniest story, apparently, he broke his dad's last trophy from Dover. From oh, the that's right. The he arm. said he broke the arm. He's so, like, try not to know, break the arm. This time. But <laughs> I can imagine Keelan telling his dad that Kyle Busch was his favorite driver or something like oh, that. Oh, my gosh. Or even for that matter, Owen. Yeah. Speaking of Kyle Larson. Great transition. I didn't mean to do it. That no, way, no, but, but that was that was fantastic. Congratulations to him who he's had another baby. Yeah. He had a little girl and there was the cutest photo of him. Oh yeah, and he was holding the baby. Oh, and his uh, youngest holding the baby. So that was really cute. That was really adorable. I mean, I personally don't want children anymore, but it's so nice to see stuff <laughs> like that because you go, Man, that's that that just melts your heart right there. <laughs> yeah, and then we didn't talk about it last episode because Dale had the baby after we recorded. So shout out to Dale Jr. because he is now a father. There was the crazy... I don't know if you got a chance to see the video with his sister Kelly. No, I I actually didn't. Okay, well Kelly... Was at some press conference. I think it was for the Xfinity race. Oh, okay. If I'm not mistaken. Or truck race or something. And she was up on the podium and she talked about Dale being a dad. And she was like, he gets it now. All that parenting advice that he was giving me back then. Now yeah. he's like, holy crap. Yeah, exactly. So, so Isla quick. Rose is her name. And that's the name of Dale uh, Jr.'s uh, baby. And what a beautiful name to go with a beautiful little girl and uh, all 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 of the babies are, are just just adorable as can be i thought was funny is that they were saying how dale you better get all the sleep you can right now because you're not going to get any sleep it's so true coming from a parent myself if i would have known half the things that i would have known now there's a lot of things i would have gone back and done different but at the same time i can tell you this tam in a way i'm kind of glad that i i didn't know and i had to learn on the fly And I had to learn so abruptly and fast and quick because I felt like I appreciate my son today who is 23 years old now. He's a grown man and he practically can have his own children uh, at some point. I'm not ready to be a grandfather. (laughs) But I see that Dale and and Larson and all these guys having these babies and even Jimmy Johnson who's had the girls already and they're they're a little bit older. But I look back at that and I I do miss it. But in the realm of things, I look at it and I go, I don't miss it. I'm kind of glad that I passed all of that because otherwise I wouldn't be having this fantastic life that I live right now. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Dale waited until he was in his 40s. Yeah. yeah. But he looks great. Well, I'm old with no kids, so I can't tell you. I can't give you an honest opinion. That's right. You're not missing anything. Get a puppy. You'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to go from laughing and joking to some serious matter. Yes. Hot topics. Hot topics. What the hell is going on? We usually say what's going on in NASCAR, but now we're going to say what the hell is going on with NASCAR. Yep. I don't even know where to begin. There's a rumor that's not a rumor. That is a fact. That's not a fact. But nobody knows. But I'm sure morale is a little bit low around the NASCAR offices to 
find out that the family is thinking about selling right. the company. And I'm sure you guys have not been hiding under a rock. It is news that NASCAR, the family who created, who mm-hmm. started NASCAR, who owns NASCAR, Brian France, CEO, his sister, the family, whatever. Yes. They are trying to unload NASCAR. Ironically, I've been, let's see, I worked at Hilton corporate office when the Hilton family Baron Conrad, if you guys know anything about the Hiltons, there are more to the Hiltons than Paris Hilton. Right. But the family actually sold the company, well, the granddad, because I guess he was still alive when they sold. Now, ironically, this is just going, you know, you guys, I'm a stickler for going to the left with some little small facts. When Baron, I think it was Baron, I believe it was Baron, when Baron sold the Hilton, the proceeds, they sold the company for billions of dollars. The family only got 3% of the sale because the grandfather, as in Paris's grandfather, they he left all his money to charity. The family was already doing well. Don't get it twisted. Like Paris Hilton's dad right. is big in real estate. <laughs> exactly. And most people don't understand the hotel business is very much a real estate business in yeah. itself. I went through that buyout, which was crazy. And whenever there's a buyout, there are casualties. So that's why when I started talking about this two or three minutes ago, I said the morale is probably low at the NASCAR offices because I've been there. Not only did I work at the Hilton when the family sold the company to a company called Blackstone, I was working at DirecTV when the merger happened with AT&T because now it's DirecTV, an AT&T company. AT&T owns DirecTV. That was probably one of the lowest morale. Nothing was nice about that takeover. Now, ironically, giving you guys a little history, DirecTV used to be Hughes' company. Mm -hmm. And Hughes was big in the aircraft industry way back when. And then they got into the cable industry, you know, and DirecTV satellite industry. Because that's kind of what it is about. DirecTV is a satellite company. Mm -hmm. So it was an easy transition for Hughes to take over DirecTV because it was satellites, aerospace industry. That was one of the worst situations. I hated coming to work. In fact, I said I was never going to go back because it just was such not a happy place to be. Then I worked at Playboy. Most of you guys know I used to work at Playboy as a social media producer. I didn't go in the office. I worked from home, but I was there when Playboy sold the digital portion of the company to a Canadian company and mostly everybody was let go. Right. Whenever you have a merger or you have a buyout or a sale, morale is low because people are starting to worry about their pension and if they're going to have a job. Exactly. A company like NASCAR, who there's the Speedway Corp, and they own a couple of tracks. They have offices in Daytona, Seabree, Charlotte, New York, and L.A. Because I think some people don't know that there are office NASCAR offices in L.A. as well as New York, mm-hmm. not just in Florida and Charlotte. The fallout from this is going to be crazy. My take on this, Tam, is exactly just straightforward to this. For the last several years, and I read Charlotte Observer. Uh, yeah, that was thing. a great article. It, it was a great article. I read that article and enlightened me about a lot of things that I already knew and a lot of things that me and you, Tam, specifically have talked on this podcast specifically, not just this year, but last year as well, in depth, that reminded me of uh, exactly what I was thinking. So we're talking about a sport we've seen over the last several years, the attendance decline, drivers, uh, very popular drivers retiring, 
some are just retiring out of the blue, a huge rush of young drivers coming in and really basically not giving the the fans enough time to really absorb really who they are. It's almost like, oh, well, Carl Edwards just retired. So now I have to Google who am I going to root for now? Or I got to look down the list and say, who am I going to root? You know, usually there's like a transition that you can go through. But if you notice, because of all of that, I don't know if this is a way that the the France family or whoever it may be is just in a way of trying to jump ship or just going, look, you know what? They see this whole thing going down in flames and I'm just going to I'm just going to head out right now because I don't even want to deal with this. So I'm just going to make up this whole thing. And I'm just not, not saying that they're making up this whole thing. But what I'm saying is that it's just a way for them to just get away from what they possibly see happening of some kind of major collapse, because you're right. And I think all the examples that you just gave, you are absolutely correct. When there is a merger, it's always because of nothing positive. That's for sure. It's always something negative. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's just the state of the of NASCAR right now. It's everything. I mean, I've read a couple of articles and everything's down. Yeah. I mean, I focus mainly on morale in a sense when the merger actually happens mm-hmm. or the buyout actually happens. Right. But taking it a step back or a step further, however you want to look at it, you alluded to it. Sales are down. Fan morale is down because yep. they don't know who to vote for. Rules change every week. Then you have the fact that they're not even bringing in the money. Like I read that they're down like almost 8% in revenue. Yeah. And that's huge to a business like that. Yeah. 8% is millions of dollars. <sighs> yeah. Now let's talk about let the NFL go down eight percent. We'll see what yeah. happens. <laughs> That's why they was trying to deal with that whole national anthem stuff. Oh yeah, we see what happened to oh, Papa Joe's. Yeah, the Papa Johns. Papa Johns. Yeah, that's a shame. I don't eat that pizza, so I don't know. It's actually really good. <laughs> I do. You know what? I've had it at the stadium before. I remember their sauce yeah. being very saucy, if you can say that. It was very yeah. red. Mm-hmm. I didn't dislike it. It's just not right. Like, when you order at home, it's usually Pizza Hut hey, yeah, or exactly. Domino's. Right. That's just what it is. I actually prefer to buy more authentic type pizza. But saying all that to say, we see how that whole issue. Yeah. I mean, it took them out. Yeah. But then you look at something like Weight Watchers where Oprah came in and saved the day and it put them in up. Yeah. Money is down. Fan morale is down. Sponsorship is down. I mean, you had Target jump ship. Mm-hmm. You had. That's right. A Target. Target. Lowe's, Lowe's is jumping is ship. ship. Who else is jump ship? And, and we're just going over the there, major there's, ones. There's, yeah. There's, there's one other one that I remember that we talked about. And uh, I was like, whoa. I was like, I don't remember. I, I can't. I I didn't see that one coming. There's one more I know that we're missing, but uh, those, those two are, are, are yeah, the main ones Subway that we saw. Left I think Subway, that when, is correct. Yeah, yeah well, they right. had the issue with Daniel or something, so they were still Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Bit. Yeah. It's a lot of major sponsors that have d- jumped ship. Yeah. And even more so, now things are changing. Yeah, and that is correct. We're going to get really serious for a moment. I'm going to share some thoughts of mine. Yeah. I've been contemplating, should we continue this podcast? And one of the reasons that I keep coming to is that we're here for the fans. We're fans first, but we're here for the listeners and the fans. And we had dreams of growing this podcast to something bigger than what it was. But then we started to quickly understand that we fill a void for NASCAR fans that are like us. Right. And it's not necessarily about race, but it was just for 
the way we like it presented to right. us. And maybe because, we were just filling a void ourselves, but not just for them, but for ourselves as well. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes when I watch Fox, I'm like, <laughs> I will never, ever, ever let NASCAR live down that they had Donny Osmond. And you think that Donny Osmond is going to attract fans. Unless you was born in the 60s or the 70s, you don't even know who Donny Osmond yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. And even if you were born in the 70s, right. you don't care who Donny Osmond yeah. is. Because the part, no, are they? No, they weren't the Partridge family. See, I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, no, that was but completely somebody different. When you start to question why you're doing something, that's not a good thing. Yeah. We have some loyal listeners and loyal fans and friends of the show that we continue to do this for each week. Because it's not easy recording a podcast and editing it and trying to keep up with the social media and the Twitter and all that. But getting to my point, one of the reasons why we question why we do this is because when we first started this podcast at the very beginning, and and I'm going to speak for myself, not necessarily Renee, but I expected more from NASCAR, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Nobody owes me or Renee anything, but we do a podcast that service a small community our small portion of NASCAR. So for them to be aware of us and what we do, I just expected a little bit more help, if yeah. that makes sense. Or just saying, hey, we we see you. What can we do to help you? Because you're helping us. Right. You know, and that's at the end of the day, what I keep coming back to all the time, every day. Like, okay, why am I doing this? We may be small on the plate. You know, we may be a P. As in a, a pea that you eat. Well, I don't know. That's not a good analogy. But you know what I'm saying? We may be a <laughs> piece. We may, we may be a grain of rice yeah. on the plate. How about that? And five grains of rice makes a spoonful. Yeah. Or maybe a little bit more. But you guys get where I'm going with this. I just thought that there would be a little bit more. I totally. I, I don't know. But then I look at, like, I made the joke and I was like, even the friends family is jumping ship. Yeah. So maybe we should follow suit. And yeah. Jump and, it, and it's something that you don't want to do. And Tam, because you, you'll agree with me on this, because you sit in a situation that we're in and we're sitting here in these seats and we're talking and you said exactly why we do this for, because we feel, and I agree with you. I feel like I do this podcast for the listeners and the loyal listeners that we have and even even the ones that are just coming in or possibly future fans that we might have, you know, maybe uh, that yeah. want to check out our show. So in that sense, it's hard because you go, I wish NASCAR would recognize us, you know, being who we are and try to help us out a little bit. But you're right. Nobody owes us anything. And, uh, and it's not that we're sitting here trying to feel sorry for ourselves. That's not what we're trying to do. We're just saying that as watching the state of NASCAR go in this direction that it's going in and possibly going in the direction that it's going, it's disheartening for us because the last thing I want to think about is not doing this podcast because I do enjoy doing this podcast. And I love I love talking about NASCAR just as much as uh, yeah, that's, anybody. I mean, we do it. Yeah, it's, a, it's start, a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. We started this podcast on purity. Mm-hmm. You was like, hey, I want to talk some NASCAR. It's like... Yeah. But, you know, we're <laughs> knee deep into it. It is almost a second job for yeah. me. Yeah. And there are no rewards. And mm-hmm. you do things because you love them. But when you continue to do things and there's no real rewards and you see that you're not really being embraced, you start to resent it. Right. Absolutely. And I am at the point of resentment. And I will. This is real talk. I'm giving you guys my 100 percent 
pureness and honesty. Some days I wake up and I'm starting to resent a sport that I love. Yeah. And it should not be like that. But a lot of it is because I look at the fact that I am the demographics that you're trying to reach. Yep. Why not use me? And it doesn't even have to be me because Mm -hmm. there's, I'm sure there's somebody similar to me, but why don't you use us as a vehicle to help you grow the sport? Right. But like I have always said, I quickly, years ago, something clicked to me and I was like, oh, NASCAR doesn't give a F-U-C-K. And yes, I didn't say it, but I spelled it. Right, exactly. And that's very sad. And just sometimes being at the track, my experiences at the track, I never shared them and I'm not going to share them now. But I will just tell you that my experiences at the track aren't always pleasant. Right. And uh, And it's not... Not to cut you off, I don't want to give the, I don't want to imply that it's racism from fans because it's not that at all. It's just that there are times where, you know, I may question if I'm welcomed or not. Right, exactly. And I'll segue into um, something that we were going to touch on right about this time that we talked about a little bit earlier. And I know you said we were going to talk about Daniel Suarez later in the show, and this is later in the show. So this is why I want to bring it up because this is a great, perfect time to do it. But. This is why I've always thought when NASCAR brought in Daniel Suarez and NASCAR decided to let Bubba Wallace come in and and start racing on a full-time basis, I thought this was a great thing because I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe now they get it. And not because they're just bringing him in just to bring in fans. Don't get me wrong. Daniel Suarez deserves to be there. Bubba Wallace completely deserves to be there. And I really think that this is a great thing. But I wonder if just somebody like myself and you who are not even on the track, in the pit, in the car, racing whatsoever, and the way we feel, I can only imagine what what Bubba must go through or what he has gone through, maybe even what Daniel, and and them being so young too, but you know that they've had to have experienced something uh, of that sort. And I know you. we talked about this before we started the podcast about how Daniel Suarez was doing this interview and that and I know a lot of times these athletes get in and uh, and you probably see it more in baseball than you do anything else because there's a lot of Latinos that are in baseball. They'd rather do their interviews in their native language, which is usually mostly Spanish, but maybe they do speak English. Now, I saw a little bit of that interview that Daniel Suarez did. For for a moment myself, I'm thinking to myself, what did this guy just say? And, and I knew he was speaking English, but I was just like, I would have rather him said that in Spanish. And I don't even speak fluent Spanish very well, but I think I would have understood it better. So I kind of understand how sometimes people go, oh, man, this guy speaks English. Well, he might speak English, but it's broken English. And if you really listen to what he was saying in English, it almost was hard to really kind of understand what exactly he was saying and, and how he was responding to the question being asked. And I don't even remember what the question was. That started up a Twitter storm yeah. of things. So, I mean, in. yeah. And then and then you can go into with so, your Twitter stuff there. Yeah. So this is actually, we're jumping around a little bit. But what Renee is referring to, if you guys were like, what is he talking about? He's talking about a comment that took a life of his own on Twitter. You guys know Bob Pockris. We always say, no matter, I don't care who you are, you can agree he's one of the hardest working journalists in Mm -hmm. NASCAR because he is relentless. We talk a lot about Jeff Glug. We read a lot of his tweets and his comments and talk about his podcast. But Bob Pockris is truly one of the hardest working 
journalists in NASCAR. Lose it every day. There was a comment was made and Bob chimed in and it just went back and forth and it took a whole life of itself. And we'll bring it back to our thoughts about not necessarily racism, but you right. know the whole not necessarily feeling welcome in NASCAR. This commenter, his name was Steve Lynn on Twitter, and we know sometimes people don't use their real name. Looks like his username on Twitter is Steve Lynn. He writes, sadly, NASCAR is rife with racists. It's a blight on the sport and stops the advancement of the sport in general and minority drivers. That being said, let's focus on a great drive by a wonderful young man, Daniel Suarez, and great job, Bob, as always. And that was in response to Bob posting this. Bob wrote on Twitter, Suarez knows English. I serve as many readers as possible. So I asked him to speak Spanish for ESPN readers and his fans who speak Spanish. And I will continue to do it every time. And oh, by the way, and then he posted a link to It's a Small World, which, you know, it's a small world right. or whatever. Why are we still dealing with this? There were a bunch of comments where people talked about when you go to other countries, you're expected to speak their language. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you because not to challenge anybody, but I challenge anybody that listens to this podcast to really to have been as well-traveled as I am because I believe I've been to 45 or so countries. And I'm not saying that there's somebody out there that hasn't, but I've been around enough to know, first and foremost, in every country that I've ever been to, young people in general, their first language is their their native language and their second language is English. English is universal in most countries. Everybody speaks English, but that is their second language. That's the first thing. Only Americans, we're the only people who don't have a, a second language. <laughs> right. That's, that's, and I'm not calling that's them a good dumb, point. but no, it is No, that truth. is a good point. I remember being on the train, and I wasn't even on a regular train, like the subway train. I was on, on a commuter train mm-hmm. in Tokyo, and the little girl was riding the train by herself, and she may have been five years old, literally. If you guys don't know, Japan is one of the safest places in the world. Like, the cops don't even carry guns. Which is not ironic because in London, the cops don't carry guns. It's a lot of places, but I don't even want to get into that whole thing with the NHR or what is it? National Rifle Association, the NRA meeting this week. But this little girl was studying English. I looked at her books and I was like, oh, she's studying English. She's five at the most riding a train by herself. They're crazy. Coming from school. Yeah. People don't understand. You guys are always upset about the state of NASCAR. This is how you grow the sport Mm -hmm. because this is being telecast to other countries. Because Daniel is a Mexican who drives in a series that's in America, be assured that his highlights are probably being shown in Mexico. This is how you grow the sport. And it's not so much just Mexico, because if we had a driver that was from Italy or, you know, yeah, like one of the things, like when I go to Formula One races, it is universal. And then you guys always want to know the whole argument, Formula One versus Hmm. NASCAR. You want to know Formula One is international. Absolutely. NASCAR is not. not. Yep. And this is the bigger issue. Get with the times and understand there is more to life than the rule south. 
We yeah. live in Los Angeles, and we're NASCAR fans. Yeah. We may not be everybody's cup of tea, but we love the sport. Can we all just come together over a sport that we love? Yeah, because... No matter the nationality, where you live at, geographically? Yeah, because sports usually bring people together. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be football. It could be basketball. It could be, uh, you know, anything. It could be NASCAR. But sports is usually what brings us together. And you're right. And I think that's why football was really trying to control all of that kneeling in the flag and stuff like that. And I know that they wanted to take care of that as quick as they could. But sports is something that brings us together. How many times have you been at a racetrack and something really good is going on? There's a great race. It's a good finish. And, and you don't even know the guy next to you, but you're high-fiving him. At a baseball game, I've been this many a times at a baseball game, at a basketball game, and a football game. And I don't even know who these people are around me, but we're wearing the same jersey. We're rooting for the same team. We're rooting for the same guy. And we're all high-fiving each other. Now, once we leave wherever that sporting event is now we're back to square one but sports is what brings us together and th- and we and we should continue to keep it that way i'm just going to add this and i think this will actually be the name of this episode nascar is broke and i'm not talking about financially but it's broke because mm. Some things are just not being got. And it's very sad on many levels, whether it's the way the rules are constantly rewritten, whether it's the rules constantly changing, the back and forth about whether or not somebody who's Mexican should speak Spanish. Stuff like that is why I can, I don't know, I... I'm an insider, but I'm also an outsider. I'm a fan first and foremost, but yeah, I guess I'm considered media. We have had this conversation, but I've come to the conclusion that NASCAR is broke and can it be fixed is the question. Well, it definitely can be fixed. It definitely can be fixed. Anything can but be is fixed. But is it so, is it so far gone? Well, that's a good point too. And uh, I think that's something that remains to be seen. And, uh, what, you know, this whole Brian France and the sale of NASCAR, we'll just have to wait and see. It's time for some predictions. But when we started talking about broke, it triggered something. How about that pit guy who broke the owner's jaw? Oh my God. Look, on a lighter did, note. Did, uh, yeah. I don't know if anybody saw that now. I don't, I'm all, I'm all for, I'm all for shoving and pushing and fighting and stuff like that you know you you want to see these guys get some motivation and go at it every once in a while and you want to see some emotion as a pit crew person you cannot go up to the owner and hit him in the face and break his jaw you just cannot well, do he that did. i mean you can and he got arrested oh my goodness that's what's really crazy he got arrested yeah. and he is being charged with a felony yeah And rightfully so. I, you guys, if you're a longtime listener of this show, you know I'm a fighter. And I'm not really necessarily opposed to fighting. But there are consequences to fighting. Well, you did you did lace up the gloves this past weekend. Yeah, and the consequences is his ass went to jail. (laughs) It felt good at the moment. He probably was like, yeah, knocked his ass out. Yeah. Okay. Okay, here we go. It's time for Tammy Renee's Race Predictions. Time for some predictions. Predictions. We are at, where are we at? I forgot. Click your heels three times. Kansas. Kansas. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> See how that works? It does work. Click your heels three times and it does take you back to Kansas. So we are in Kansas this weekend and I am going to give you my pick. I'm going to give you an alternative pick that I, I know I already have at the top of my head. And actually, my alternative pick is the, the one that I really want to put as my winner, but I'm going to keep him as my alternative, and I'm going to say that none other than Martin Truex Jr. is going to win this next race. And I know it's been the Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick show, but 
something about Truex, I think, has some something there that is going to unleash and he's going to literally be your winner at Kansas this weekend. And, and my alternative pick, and this is the guy that I really kind of wanted to put as my winner, but I think he's, he's just going to be okay being my alternative pick. When we mentioned his name a little bit earlier, because he usually does good, at, especially at Dover, but Denny Hamlin is going to be my alternative pick. So I'm going with Martin Tricks Jr. as my winner and Denny Hamlin as my alternative pick. And those are my picks and I'm sticking with him. I think Renee was cheating. He looked at the homework history assignment. <laughs> you guys know I, every week I give you the history lesson. And I feel oh, like I can't Renee, wait to hear this. I feel like Renee peaked. <laughs> okay, past 10 winners. Okay, past seven winners at Kansas. And it's not 10 this week, it's seven. You want to know why? Because we race twice a year in Kansas, but we didn't start racing in Kansas twice a year until 2011. So I'm only going to read the past seven winners in the spring, which is the first race of the year at Kansas. 2011, Brad Kozlowski, 2012, Denny Hamlin, 2013, Matt Kenseth, 2014, Jeff Gordon, 2015, Jimmy Johnson, 2016, Kyle Busch, 2017, Martin Truex Jr. Now, why I think Renee was peeking and cheating and looking at the notes was because he <laughs> knew that Martin Truex Jr. is a two-time winner at Kansas and that he actually <laughs> swept both races in 2017. Joey Logano is also a two-time winner at Kansas. Matt Kenseth is a two-time winner at Kansas. And the reason why I brought up Matt Kenseth, because he will be racing on Saturday. Because the race is Saturday, not Sunday. He will be racing Saturday. And he won his races in Kansas in 2012 and 2013. Jimmy Johnson, which you would have thought logically that I would have started with Jimmy because he's a three-time winner in Kansas. I'm tired of talking about Jimmy. I feel like I'm not going to pick him. I'm not going to talk about him. And if you guys read my articles on the drive, I do write about him, but I'm not going to write about Jimmy until he wins because I just feel like, what's the point? Get it together, Jimmy. Okay. And Kyle Busch has one cup win in Kansas. Two truck wins in Kansas, and he's a four-time Xfinity winner at wow. Kansas. And that's worth noting. As you guys hold on to the edge of your seat and want to know who I pick, without further ado, I am going to pick... I'm, you know what? I feel like Kevin Harvick is... Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, I feel like I he is I didn't, just... even, I didn't even want to utter his name, but you brought it up, so... <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm actually kind of feeling... Truex Jr. I, I think we're going to be on each other's side yeah. and go. I'm going to also pick Truex Jr. And I'm I'm feeling like Clint Boyer as my you alternative pick. That's a great pick. pick. I like that pick. Yeah, yeah I'm not you know even going to go like with Clint any. Boyer. No young guys this week. Yeah, I like that Clint Boyer pick. Well, you know what? Uh, the, by the way, the reason why I picked Denny Hamlin was because my uh, uh, battery percentage on my laptop was at 11. So I just figured Denny Hamlin would be the one I picked uh, as my alternate. <laughs> But anyway, so those are our picks. We'd like to know what your picks are, and we'd like to know if you have any any opinions about what we talked about on this uh, special edition of this particular podcast, because I know we talked in-depth and deep about a lot of things today. So please hit us up, whether it's about your uh, picks, whether it's about anything that we talked about on this show. Just hit us up if you know anybody that loves NASCAR just as much as you do, just as much as we do. Turn them onto our podcast. You can hit us across the board on social media at Turns No Breaks on Instagram and Twitter and on our Facebook. 
And you can go to our website. Tam is always updating and putting new stuff on our website just for you guys to uh, check out. And if you want to check out our podcast, please, you can find us at... On Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and on... Spotify. That is correct. On Spotify. And when all else fails, just go to allturnsnobreaks.com. And then you can find us all there. Thank you very much for listening and for Tam and for myself. Be kind to each other and we will see you here again next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 